1: Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Get ready to explore the connection between communications and human motivation. Our guests will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Our host Gordon Rudo, CEO of Bonfire Communications, has bridged the communications gap from startups and nonprofits to the Fortune 500, from political leaders to celebrity CEOs. Get ready to be fired up with your master communicator, Gordon Rudo.
2: So, welcome to another episode of Fired Up. Uh, Fired Up is a show dedicated to helping communicators and business leaders, helping them connect with and inspire and engage their people whoever their people might be, engage them in their mission, their passions, their causes, buying products, joining new strategies, whatever they might be. Um, but that's our common cause here, getting people to do the things we want them to do. And we've got uh, a fantastic guest today, Terry McKenzie, who I prepped up last week. And those who don't know her, or haven't uh, tuned into her blogs, or in the communication space, seen her speaking at the numerous engagements that uh, that you do, Terry. She's fabulous. She's one of the thought leaders and kind of guiding lights in our field. So we're excited to have her. So thanks for uh, coming today, Terry.
3: It is so great to be here, Gordon. Thank you so much for inviting me.
2: Uh, I'm happy to have you. And we're going to talk uh, in theory and in practice and talk about what's going on with Sun these days. Um, but I also wanted to just, in reading your bio, comment on one of the first lines, which is. Uh, very much in tune with what we're trying to do here with the show. Uh, It says, Miss McKinsey has mobilized communication as an instrument of change and morale builder.
3: It's absolutely true.
2: And in the world today, (laughs) uh, with what we're seeing and and the economic conditions and what's happening with Sun and losing a lot of jobs, um, tell me what's firing you up today. What's keeping you going, and what do you think is, is kind of the hot... Uh, Area to focus your skills in in helping Sun and helping companies like Sun.
3: Well, especially in today's business climate, I think there's a real danger for any organization that their employees will uh, stay with them, not because they love their work, not because they're excited about what the company is doing, not because they can necessarily do their very best thinking there, but because it's safe. And that, to me, is a death sentence not just for the company but for the individual themselves who's going to be sitting there not uh, not pulling on their own passion to be able to make the contribution they could. And that's the kind of thing that gets me excited because I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen to the employee. I don't want to see that happen to the company. Uh, Years ago, I worked with a client who said to me, at our company, uh, we only want volunteers. We don't want victims. And I think it's a, it's a good way to think about it. it. You don't want to have a bad economy, get people to feel trapped in your company, and not necessarily there because they want to be there and they want to make a contribution.
2: So so what do we do? I mean, what is uh, your point of view or your model or approach when you're looking at issues like Sun facing, losing, what, 20% of its workforce potentially this year?
3: Communication, uh, is a way to engage people in what the company is all about. But even more important, uh, to me, what, what I'm passionate about in the communication is that it's an opportunity to allow employees to add value to what's going on in the company and to help the organization be much more successful. So when times are bad, a company really needs every one of its resources. And that means that those employees are not just there to do a nine-to-five job, but you want to do everything you can to engage those employees in a conversation, use their ideas to make the company a very successful place, and to help that employee feel very connected to the organization. So my philosophy is that communication is a dialogue. Communication is building a connection. uh, Communication at its best is pulling people into the process so they're not victims of change. They are volunteers in the organization, and they have control over their future.
2: So I know you've had great years at, uh, at Sun and a variety of other clients in the past, but in, in your evolution at Sun, when you're talking about building a dialogue or building connection, can you give us a, an example or two? What are some things that you've done um, that illustrate that, that
3: model? When times are tough, as you know, Gordon, uh, the last thing you want is for your managers to not be out there talking to employees. They, They need to be in front of folks so it doesn't appear that they're hiding from employees. It doesn't appear that they are afraid to be talking to employees. It's ironic, isn't it? Because, in fact, they may actually be very scared to be out in front of employees because employees could be asking them some very unpleasant questions. One of the first, first things we did when I came to Sun was we got uh, Sun's executive leadership to agree that each of their 14 senior, uh, each of the 14 senior executives would have as part of their performance management plan a requirement to go out and do a minimum of six in-person town halls a year. Only two of them could be in their home campus. The other four had to be someplace else. And we tracked it, and it was reported on every month as how executives were meeting their goals. And it also allowed us to ensure that there was coverage out there and that employees had an opportunity to see and talk with executives regardless of what their location was. Every executive didn't make it. Every executive didn't make their goal. But it was an immediate, quick uptick in getting, uh, giving employees an opportunity to talk with their executives and actually find out what was going on.
2: So let me ask you, Terry, because we've had a lot of experience working with executives, some of them real good at this, some not so good. And a lot of the executives that we've dealt with don't want to get in front of audiences because they're not confident in their skill. Uh, But they look to folks like you uh, to set them up for success, somehow give them messaging or give them uh, an understanding of who they're talking to uh, or some coaching. What do you do to help those executives who are not real excited to get in front or don't have the skills?
3: Uh, that's a that's a, a great point, and you're right. You don't want to just say to the executive, "Here's the goal. Now go do it, and and let me know how it goes." That isn't going to re- really work so well. So yes, we do a number of things. One thing is uh, when the prior to the executive hitting a particular location, we talk with the uh, the local human resource folks at that location to find out what are issues that have come up, what are questions that employees have. Are there any local concerns? Are there any customer concerns? Is there anything going on in the economy? Are there any actions that have taken place so that the executive will at least know the situation that he or she is walking into? So that's a big part of it. The other thing that we'll do is we'll sit down with an executive and we will do what we call a questions from hell session, which is we'll just sit there and we'll brainstorm out what are the very worst questions that somebody could possibly ask you? What's the worst thing you could imagine from the most negative employee possible? And how are you going to respond to that? The third part is we don't do this with all executives, but it's something we offer is how to handle a hostile audience and how to take questions from them and how to deal with it if you're being peppered with very difficult questions. So not all that different, I don't think, uh, from media training except this has to do with how do you deal with questions from employees and how are you going to handle them as you go along.
2: That's a great tee-up for what we want to cover after break. So these are a handful of things that you've done with executives, and we're going to have, uh, imagine, hundreds or thousands of communicators and and business leaders out there listening in this audience. So, So we're going to start talking about what are some of the things that they can do to take these concepts into their practice. So we're going to cut to a short break and come back with Terry McKinsey in just a minute.
1: Stay tuned. Fired up on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll return after this short break.
0: Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOseq.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeq.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Your company's website
3: sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg, monitors your website 24 7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at slash On Target.
1: PPC. Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're getting fired up. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's Gordon Rudo,
2: And we're back with Terry McKenzie. So we talked about before the break... A handful of things that she does to help executives. And, and one of the things that we talk about during times like this and helping organizations connect with their audiences and make sure that people are, are passionately connected to um, what the spirit and, and purpose of the company is, but also what the path is in front of them and getting the executives out there to help communicate what that path is. Uh, so talking to the business communicators and the leaders out there, Terry, what are some of the things that they can do? And I'd and love your model around simplicity, if you could talk about the simplicity piece of taking these messages forward.
3: One of the challenges we face is not just of getting, employees, uh, getting executives to go out and talk to employees, It's actually of getting executives to focus on the right thing. And we really don't want anyone to go out and do, for any of you who've watched Star Trek, the Vulcan mind meld where we're we're going to somehow connect these two human brains, the brain of the executive with the brain of the employee, and we're going to transfer all this wisdom from one to the other. That's not the point. The point is that you transfer the right pieces of information. So I've long operated with the, uh, with the philosophy that if you can build your messaging platform around two what's and three how's, that you have a real chance for success. Because in the end, if you're talking to an employee, the chances are that's all they're going to remember. So what two things are you going to try to accomplish, and what are the three methods that you're going to use to get there? Two what's, three how's, something people can remember, something they, they can repeat to others, and something they can move on with. Uh, we try to keep it crisp, we try to keep it simple, and we try to keep it memorable. We are, after all, in the world of uh, sound bites, and people don't have a lot of patience for long, drawn-out messaging.
2: That's a great point. We've talked about this on a recent episode, how... The The amount of media that we're engaged in these days is, is overwhelming, staggering facts, saying that between radio, TV, Internet, uh, and all of the, the saturation of media just walking down the street, we're, we're pretty much engrossed in media coming at us about half of our waking hours. So how to cut through that, as you're speaking to, is getting to the few things that people care about. Um, but you'll also do it, if I don't... Uh, kind of misrepresent your worldview here, uh, but you also do it in a real humorous way. Uh, exactly. Terry, can you talk about how you've taken some of your unique humor and not just applied the simplicity, um, but do it in a way that's catchy or fun or engaging?
3: Absolutely, although if, there's, if there could be a warning flashing across the screen like, don't try this at home, it would be... Know the culture of your own company, right? You have, you have, whatever you do. If you're not Southwest Airlines, you can't pretend to be Southwest Airlines. You, know, you have to do something that fits within your own culture. So I'd love to share with you a story that worked really, really well at Sun Microsystems. Uh, back in the day, during my consulting time before I joined Sun, I, I used to work with retail companies as a communicator, communications consultant, and one of the things that I recognized quickly is that when you're dealing with employees who work in a retail setting, if you need a way to catch their attention, they're already surrounded by splashy advertising, uh, short words, bright images, and you can't come through with a black and white 10-page diatribe and expect they're going to listen to you. I think what's happened, as you just said during your, during your, your comments, Gordon, is that that same, kind of, that same kind of image saturation and advertising saturation is a part of everyone's world now. And so it's not just enough to say, "Listen to me because I have something to say. You have to catch people's attention." So back in 2003, Sun had gone through, had gone from being everyone's you know, favorite stock to invest in to being the scapegoat of Wall Street. We, we had crashed so hard, and we had a very proud company that had been very, da- very badly damaged. And all anybody ever heard was bad news, and uh, and woe is me, and isn't this a sad place? The one thing we had was April Fools, though, and April Fools was a long-standing tradition at Sun that we would do something at the company that would get people's attention and get them to laugh at ourselves a little bit. So, with April Fools coming up, I joined the company in late January. We figured, wouldn't it be fun to use that as an opportunity to call attention to the business strategy and where the company was heading? Because people had lost faith in the company. They didn't think their, their leaders were listening to them anymore. They didn't think the company knew where we were going. They were very cynical at that point. We knew that we needed a unique way to break through that. So here's what we did. The morning of April Fool's, Dawn bright and shiny as it often does in California. And when employees opened up their desktops and opened up their web pages, they saw a picture. Our lead story of Scott McNeely, who was our chairman and CEO at the time. And Scott was there in the most. Instead of in his usual uh, crew cut and uh, sun sweatshirt, he was there in the most outrageous, brightly colored tangerine orange, and yellow mohawk, you could imagine. Because through the magic of uh, Photoshop, we had taken Scott's picture and changed him into a a pretty awesome-looking punk. And under Scott's picture, there was a headline that read, McNeely announces, Employees will understand the business strategy of this company, or we're going to put a whole new meaning to the word branding. And if you clicked on the article, you then saw all 14 of our top executives all in different colored mohawks. And we explained that what we were going to be doing was uh, employees would have a chance to answer some questions about the strategy in the weeks ahead and get some information about it, and that executives were absolutely determined to keep those mohawks until employees got it.
2: And how did that affect uh, the questions online? Was there a spike?
3: Oh, it was so! It was just astonishing. It was so great. You, I know that that you and your listeners have heard of a particularly unpleasant website with an obscene name that we'll just call F Company. Uh, dot com, and we actually got the article got pulled up in there, and it was said Sun hasn't lost their sense of humor. It was the first positive coverage we'd had in that site in months. Well. Employees loved it. Uh, They thought that it really happened. Some people were, you know, really surprised to see their executives didn't have mohawks. And what we did is we followed that excitement with six weeks of quizzes online where every week we'd run a quiz, and there would be a picture of several of the executives in their mohawks with a question by them, and the employee would have to answer questions about the strategy. And if they caught the question wrong, uh, when they clicked the wrong answer, the photograph of the executive would keep the mohawk, but we would add body studdings, uh, dog collars with spikes, earrings, almost anything you can imagine. If they answered the question correctly, the uh, executive's photo turned back to his normal sartorial self and went back to his regular image. So it was a really fun way to get people engaged. People kept coming back, kept pressing wrong answers. They wanted to see how silly they could get our chief financial officer to look. Uh, but in the end, it was a huge learning opportunity, and when we ran our, uh, our, our annual survey two weeks after the, the uh, contest closed, we found that we had increased understanding of the uh, business strategy by 18 points, which is a really huge increase in a very short period of time.
2: So an 18-point increase in their understanding of strategy by creating what's fundamentally a, a trivia game, but a trivia game that has some intrinsic re- rewards about seeing the executives in various states of punkness.
3: Exactly. Exactly. So, so
2: and, for people out there who think that you know, getting people to learn the strategy or get smarter about any sort of business issues takes some sort of incentives, the incentive that you're suggesting here is something creative and fun.
3: Exactly. Just let people have a little fun, let them laugh at their leaders, and... Let them play with it, and it was an amazingly powerful uh, learning device. Now, we followed it up by something that's not quite as exciting, but still very effective, and that is, for the first time ever, Sun did a series of what we called playbooks for the company. So we had, at the corporate level, the playbook for the year, which was our business strategy and the actions that we would take. And, of course, you know how we communicated that. Two I am familiar. And then each business group did their own playbook. And we then took those playbooks and we tied them into employees' own personal performances. And what we did, I don't think we did the world's greatest job that first year, but we've gotten better over time, is we've been chipping away at uh, the distance, at, at, at shortening the, the reach between the company's goals and the employee's own performance. So now you understand the strategy, you understand where the company is going, you understand how your group contributes to it, you understand how your manager contributes to it, and you understand how you contribute to it. And that's how we started to build some very strong alignment in what's a really pretty complex business.
2: So some significant work on connecting what would be somewhat concentric circles, if you will, between the person, their team, the department or function, all the way out to the organization.
3: That's right. That's exactly so, right. And we continue we it, that work today. Go ahead, sorry. I, I was saying we continue that work today.
2: So let's dive into this more after break and specifically talk about the world that we're operating in today, a world of, of economic turmoil, of, of division at all sorts of levels, and how we can apply these issues or these solutions, of the simplicity of humor, of connection, of connecting the dots between the organization and the individual, uh, of engaging people in the, in the specific questions. Um, that are setting forth the strategy and the pathway forward. So we're going to take a short break, come back with Terry McKenzie, and talk about how we can take these concepts into daily practices or takeaways for you folks that you can start doing tomorrow. Short break, and we'll be right back.
1: Stay tuned. Fired Up on WebmasterRadio.fm will return after this short break. Are your domains locked to the max? If not, your online brand presence and your entire online business could be at risk from internet thieves. Imagine the damage that you and your company would suffer if control of your domain was lost. Protect all of your valuable domains with MaxLock from Moniker, your domain asset management specialist. With MaxLock, even if your email accounts are hacked and your passwords are stolen, your domains are protected in your Moniker account transfer your domains to Moniker today, powered by MaxLock, delivering maximum protection for your domains. Find out more at Moniker.com slash MaxLock. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0, SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. On webmasterradio.fm. You're getting fired up only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's Gordon Rudeau.
2: And we are back with Terry McKenzie, and we are in the final lapse of today's episode. Um, but want to talk about takeaways, talk about specifically what you can do tomorrow that will take these philosophies into action. Um, so, Terry, after years in this field and an incredible amount of experiences, how do you summarize these learnings in a way that will uh, provide real value for our listeners?
3: You know, to me, what it comes down to and what I think any company can do, regardless of what their culture is, regardless of whether or not you feel comfortable putting your executives in mohawks or, or setting up rules for them that force them to go out and, and do interpersonal interactions, uh, what I take away from all this is you absolutely have to build a genuine connection between your leadership and your employees. In these times when you may not be able to give somebody a raise, when bonuses are uncertain, when jobs are being taken away, there's still something that every company can do and every leader can do, and that's, it sounds simple, but it takes some thought. Pay attention to your employees. Just pay attention to your employees. Talk with them. Get their ideas. Listen to them. Let them know they've been heard. You don't have to sympathize with them. You don't have to agree with them. But treating people with the utmost respect and appreciation during these tough times will go very, very far in helping your company get through these times. So yes, there are some—you know—there are some tactical ways you can do this. Uh, but the intent—the intent absolutely has to be there, uh, Gordon.
2: Yeah, the intent needs to be there. But a lot of people are just stuck. They're frozen. They're—they're they're in fear. There's so many things coming at them right now, and, and they're not sure what to do. And I think these. These times more than ever, we need to feel a sense of pers- uh, personal connection, as you describe it, a sense of purpose in, in what you're doing uh, for the organization, but also what it means to you. And just like your response to this point, because we had uh, in previous episodes, Beverly Kay and Donna Markova, one of the things that Beverly described and you were leading towards this as well is, is speaking directly to the employees. And when you describe the dialogue and the interactivity and, and these quizzes and these other tools that you have, um, part of what she spoke about is directly from the manager to the employee, that supervisor connection or that real localized experience. What, what do you suggest from a, a local experience perspective?
3: That- I think it's a great suggestion. I think it's a great suggestion. I've seen it work so well and it's so easy, it's just so easy. When you have an executive or a manager who's going on the road, you really need to do this in an area where people don't know you too well because it's a chance to get additional visibility and learn about a different, a different group than your own. Let's say you have an executive who's going to be visiting the Chicago office and they have never been to the Chicago office before or they haven't been there in a while. Or when they go there, they only tend to go in and out and talk to, they talk to customers They don't really spend any time with employees. That is an ideal time to do what I call a 3C session. A 3C session is simply that executive sits down with five to eight employees. He does not come in with any set points. This is not his time to be giving a PowerPoint presentation. He sits down with them, and uh, the employees have been told in advance that they're going to be asked questions about three areas. What concerns do you have about the company? What? Compliments? Do you have for the company? What do you think we should keep doing? And what do you hear from customers? So concerns, compliments, and customers, and that gives the executive enough and the employees enough uh, structure. So they can have a really good conversation about what's on their mind. So what happens here is you have a, you give an executive an opportunity to reach out to employees, get to know them get to show that he's concerned about them, you also give him the opportunity to get feedback that he never would have gotten. There'd be no way for him to get that information if he hadn't had that sit-down. Now, at Sun, we've been doing lunches with the chairman as a, as, a, as a variation of this. Every month, Scott McNeely, our chairman, gets together with, with seven or eight employees uh, in different locations, and we just do this over an informal lunch, and it's it's just amazing what it does for morale, what it does for him, what it does for the employees, and what it does for the company.
2: So is this 3C model a, a Terry McKinsey special?
3: You know, this 3C, if, if you're a smart communicator, you you learn from everybody around this. And this was something I first heard about from uh, Je, uh, Bev Drakowski, who at the time was working for Wisconsin Electric in Milwaukee. And she told me about this, and this must have been, oh, gosh, 15 years ago. And, of course, I simply absorbed it, and, and now I use it, because this, that's what it's all about, is learning from each other.
2: Well, that's what this show is all about, and there's been a lot of things that have uh, have themed out already between our first three episodes here. We have Bev Kay, who really talked about spending time with the employees on the deepest questions that they have. You know, what will keep you here? what about this place or what can I do to make a difference to you, which is talking about what their concerns are, what their passions are, and and really focusing on that local experience. Donna Markova took this at a different angle. She really took it from a neurobiological perspective and talked about neuroplasticity and mirror neurons and how we need to, from an inside-out perspective, we can't get people to do stuff, i.e. force them or come at it from a manipulation perspective because people will feel that. But if we as leaders and as communicators can come at it with the highest intentions and exude our personal passions because we understand that we're grounded enough in our own understanding of ourselves to pay attention to what we're being present with. Um, Am I being in my passion? Am I being true to myself And, and spending time in that? Um, and recognizing the gifts in people, not only working on the inside-out perspective, which is critically important, but also on the outside perspective, when we are talking to our employees or our colleagues or the people that we want to engage and participate with us, um, we have to recognize them, and this is part of what you're talking about here, too, Um, recognizing those special things and getting the feedback from the employees for the leader, which you don't hear about too much, Um, but focusing on, on their strengths. So I think there there's some things that are weaving out that are are very consistent here, um, and this three C's I haven't heard before, but the idea of having concerns, compliments, and customers you've been doing for for a while now
3: Yes, we have been doing it for a while, and for those uh, who don't really like getting up in front of a large group of people, this is a very comfortable way to have the conversation and uh, it's much more it's much more one on one and the the fact that they don't have to go with a prepared set of remarks makes it Easy to do. It takes no time at all. Just you can just walk in and do it.
2: Well, what I love about the consistency here and one of some of the things that are theming out uh, really aligned with my own philosophy here, which I'm, I'm much more present to what I'm, I'm learning from our guests here, and I'm going to spend time in a later episode talking about how these weave together with my own philosophy. But, but this piece is important about being in the question and learning. Uh, this is a real theme here so far that we need to, as communicators and as leaders, stay, as, as Beverly and, uh, and Donna talked about, stay curious and, and open and wondrous about what we, what we have to learn here. And if the executives are coming around and listening to concerns, compliments, and customers, then I think our job in coaching them is to make sure that they're really learning from this, that they're staying open, listening to all of this with unfiltered mind, so they can incorporate these learnings and, and be better for it.
3: That's right, because the last thing you want is for someone to come in and be defensive about it, because then you get into, it, oh, yeah, who says, uh, conversation, which is not the point. So you're absolutely right. They, they do have to be open to it, and there has to be a little bit of thick skin going in there, too, because you're not always – sometimes the concerns are going to outweigh the compliments. Interesting.
2: Well, as we, as we move towards close here, uh, we have a couple more minutes, but I'd like to hear, Terry, what's firing you up these days? What, what is keeping you passionate? And it could be anything from what's happening in your organization to what you're doing in your personal life or your kids and anything. What's firing you up these days?
3: Uh, What's firing me up these days is the opportunity to really think about my career in a very different way. I've recently moved from a full-time position at Sun running the employee communications and community group to doing that on a part-time basis. And it's a wonderful thing when your mind is given a little bit of open space to actually think (laughs) and look at things differently. And I can already see the, the, uh, the freedom of having some time to myself to just look at the world in a different way Coming through with my perspectives on work and, and coming through and how I'm viewing the situations. So uh, I'm just I'm really excited. Even though it's such a tough time out there, I'm really excited about doing what I think our profession does the best, which is help employees make a difference in their world, help companies make a difference in this world by by releasing the talent uh, that they have at their fingertips. We've come a long way from the days of communication being your monthly newsletter and uh, a set of rote steps you're going. We're in a much more fluid space right now and a coming together of a number of disciplines that can impact and move us all forward in a, in a very different way than we ever thought of. So I really thank you for having this program to bring together different voices and different thoughts about this because I think it's this whole mixture of, of backgrounds and experience that, that could create some of the breakthrough moments ahead
2: well it's I appreciate that, and one of the things that I'm learning right now is is how rich a, a palette of perspectives we need right now I don't think any particular perspective is going to solve the complexity that we have in front of us. I think we have to attack these issues at, at a variety of different levels. Um, So I'm excited about the rest of the season and and hearing a lot of different perspectives on this, whether they be from the neurobiological perspective that Donna gives, the real seasoned communications perspective or the HR perspectives. Uh, We're going to hear from advertising and marketing folks. I believe next week's guest is going to be the head of leadership uh, for Banana Republic who comes at this from uh, from the leadership side, which is going to be interesting to hear about. Um... So I thank you, Terry, for joining today. It's always a pleasure. I'd like to promote your blogs, if I can.
3: That'd be fantastic. Uh,
2: at blogs.sun.com forward slash TMAC. TMAC. Uh, TMAC. So TMAC is uh, your, your code name. Yes. And I appreciate having the relationship with you that I can call you TMAC. And uh, please, audience, check out uh, Terry McKenzie's blogs. They're hilarious and informative. Uh, so I want to thank my guest and thank Webmaster Radio once again for the opportunity to have this broadcast. We're going to check you out next week uh, with Ben Putterman, Director of Learning at SUd. Thanks so much. We'll catch you soon.